So what we have here is another Shroom Live podcast. Ladies and gents, welcome to another episode of the Level 1 Angler Series, helping you as a beginner get on top of catching brim. Also for those that want to brush up on their skills, this is the Level 1 Angler Series. So you've tried catching brim, you've caught a few fish, you know some of the basics, but you still consider yourself quite far away from being an expert on the area. So that's what this podcast is all about. Now, just to put this out there before I start, if you really want to get into soft plastics fishing, I have the very basics of a video that basically for the level zero angler, if that makes sense, the complete beginner that runs you through everything, even the most basic questions, things such as swivels, do you use swivels, what's a leader, why we need a leader, the whole concept of using lures, just a vast array of the very basics for the very beginner, the very green angler. It's the soft plastics lure fishing, how to get started episode. This is the season three, season three, first episode. So make sure you check that out. Otherwise we're all level one here. So first thing on the menu that I'm going to be talking about is a question from good one, two. And it's a comment that leads into a question. He says, just listen. Thanks, Shroom. Great info. I learned that my leader was a little bit long. Anything on the way how tide affects where Brim like to hang out? So that's the next point of discussion here on tide and where you're likely to find Brim. Now, let's get this first thing straight. I don't fish all over the waterway. I'm mostly restricted to the sides, you know, the bank. I'm fishing from the land. Chances are, if I'm out on a boat, I'm probably not even chasing brim 90% of the time. But let's just get this fact here that I've never put a camera down and I've tried to investigate where the fish are and I don't go around with a sounder to find out where they are. So this is just based on my experiences and I'm sure that most of you listening just want me to talk about what I think and not what I've read or what someone else has said anyway. So that is quite convenient in that manner. So first of all, when it comes to the tide and where they like to hang out, I've noticed that certain spots have fish that are readily feeding on different stages of the tide. And it's not a textbook box where you tick a yes or a no, and it's not a red light, green light situation or an on and off situation. It's more like shades, shades of being more probable or less probable. And the tide is one of the main factors, albeit not the only factor. So just to get some of these other factors out of the way, the water clarity, the distribution and type of bait in the area, whether there is any bait, wind, time of day, the list goes on really. So tide in itself does have a huge influence so let's not make that mistake. So let's not get that wrong. But at the same time, there are other factors. And once you put them all together, it's no longer a yes or no situation. And in fact, it was never a yes or no situation. It's just probability-based play, as I like to call it. Now, if you're fishing off the land, in most situations, most spots do produce results when the tide is up. Now, that's for various reasons. One of the most obvious reasons is the fact that because you're restricted to being on the bank, being in a 
being in an area that has an appreciable amount of water depends highly on the tide. So that's situation one. Now, not all tide is equivalent for every particular terrain. So if you're fishing an area that already has an appreciable amount of water, so let's say that it is already about half a meter deep from the get-go right at your feet and it just continually gets deeper as you get further out into the waterway, then the tide being high has less of an effect, at least in my personal experiences, chasing brim. But if I'm looking at an area that is quite shallow, there's only centimeters of water, and then suddenly we're back here on the high tide and there's now a meter and a half of water, that to me is a big difference and that's probably gonna trigger some kind of feeding phase. Maybe this is the section that we're talking about, which is a sand flat or a mud flat, and there's bait all over it, and the fish come in to feed and pick up nippers or worms, crustaceans, and you know, whatever that is there. Maybe the maybe the rocks against the edge have some oysters lined up along it. So the brim like to come in and feed off it. Maybe we're talking about mangrove roots which are only harboring, you know, having a few centimeters of water on the low, but as the tide gets up, starts to flood over that, over those roots, and you've got all kinds of bait fish inside of it. Now, certain situations might mean that these areas that are along the edges aren't where the brim are likely to be found. And in that situation, I think you're going to find that structure that's just a little bit off the bank is where they prefer. So very popular places would be ferry wharves. You've got literally overhanging shelter. And that's why a lot of these places do have heaps of brim. Because they're quite close to the edge, but at the same time, ferry wharves at your feet must by definition have deep water for the ferries to arrive at. And that's got structure with pylons and overhead cover with shadows as well. And I don't know what else is in the water, but every time you try to fish a place like that, generally you're going to hook up to snags. So it must be some kind of rocky bottom or bottom that has structure that's just accumulated over time. And that's the same thing if you're talking about areas with, you know, maybe boats, for example. Like a lot of people pull pull brim off boats, you know, casting towards the hulls. And I think that they're there most of the time. But at the same time, if they're not on the edge, they've I like to imagine that they've moved off to areas like that. It's interesting to note that during, you know, tide phases where the tide is really low, you won't really see the brim along the edges as often as you do when the tide is up. So... That tells me about a little bit about their movements. Obviously, you know, just in terms of general fishing procedure, you always try to get the biggest cast you can if you're especially fishing over low levels of water. But if you have the tide pushing up against the edge and you know that the fish are there because you can see them, and that's especially true in a lot of areas that have clearer waters, you can pick them out. Up the, up the rivers, it's hard to see especially if you're in the George's River system, you won't often see them along the edges, but once you head down to the Hacking or the Parramatta River system in the lower reaches, you can most certainly see in a lot of these bays, Just if you just creep over the side and have a look, 
when the tide is up, you'll see that they're along the edges. Whether they're feeding or whether they're not, that's a different story. But you'll certainly most you'll most certainly see them there. And yeah, like once the tide is out, then they pretty much disappear from view. As a general th- comment about the behavior of brim, you won't often see them found over exposed areas with little structure or lack of structure, as uh, so to speak. I guess the flats, in a way, if it's really expansive and once they end up on the flats, then they might be there. But if it, there's a really shallow section backed onto deeper water, you'll very rarely see them in really shallow water, particularly particularly when the sun's up. At night, that might be a completely different story because you can pull some nice brim off the flats at night. You can do You can do that during the day as well, but... You know, the kind of water that I'm thinking of right now where the flats aren't that expansive and it's backed onto deep water. I find they don't really venture onto that. But if it's an expansive flat and they somehow gradually manage to be on that flat, then you will find them there. But they're like heavy structure. So we're talking rocks, deep ledges, you know, wharves, for example, pylons, jetties. They quite prefer bridges as well you know concrete legs you know gaps in the concrete gaps in the pylon legs yeah so one good way to kind of learn their habits is if you fish a system like the cook's river or even artificial canals of which there are quite a few in sydney and on the low tide you'll pretty much only find really small fish within it really small brim, say below a size of about 15 centimeters, just to put a ballpark number on there. But on the high tide, then you've got some legals and much larger fish in there, up to up to the mid-30s and higher as well. So that just kind of indicates that these fish are moving with the current as it pushes in and moving out with the current as it's running out. So yeah, That should help in terms of some of the places that you're likely to find brim according to the tide. Now, the next thing that I'd like to quickly brush upon before I get back to another question is what is getting pantsed? So getting pantsed is a phrase that I use in my videos. It means when you get a bite and the fish has latched on to your soft plastic lure, but you haven't come up with the fish and you've come back with the lure, but the lure has been displaced along the hook. In most situations, when that happens, the fish has grabbed onto the plastic, it's missed the hook point, and in the motion of you striking, it's meant that the plastic has been pulled down off the shank into the bend of the hook. Kind of like if you walked behind your best friend and you put your hands on his pants and you just rip them down. That's what getting pants means. And that's the phrase that we use to describe when a lure gets pulled down off the hook. So, hope that helps. And uh, on to the next. Next thing on the agenda is another question. And it comes from Luke Connor. And he says, are lures and plastics specifically worth using in winter? Now, the winter time is the hardest time to learn how to fish with lures, especially tough if you haven't had any success 
in the lead up to winter and this is the time that you're starting. It can be a real kick in the guts and completely demotivating to start, you know, in June, July, August and basically have very little success throughout these three months. I must admit that it is difficult, especially for someone starting off in the winter, mostly because the fish's feeding habits slow greatly during this season. Temperatures being lower, they're less active. Less active means that they have less energy requirements because they're not using as much energy. And so that means that they're feeding less often. And what that equates down to is you have less opportunities to find actively feeding fish. You've also got a lot less daylight as well. So if you fish throughout the day, you've got fewer hours to get the job done as opposed to the warmer months. So in a nutshell, that's two reasons. There's probably a host of other various reasons. But winter fishing, it's pretty much a given that it is a tough time. Now, it doesn't mean that you can't catch fish. Every year I catch monster brim. Now, I don't want to jinx it for this year, but I'm still catching brim up until this podcast right now. And I can imagine that it's probably going to extend throughout the next couple of months. I do have my least favored month or least favored couple of months coming up, which is which include August and September. So the last month of winter. Generally, I don't do so well. September, the first month of spring, I don't do so well in that month either, even when the weather's starting to warm up. But you can still catch a few fish here and there, a few brim here and there as well. But let's just talk about what you can do to improve your chances because that's something that we can specifically do. So if I've convinced you to keep pushing through winter, these are some of the things that you can do. And the first thing that you can do is slow down your retrieves. Oh, and one more thing. I'm just going through this real quickly because I actually did go through this in episode number nine. So two episodes before this one, season three, episode 10. Yep. So episode, no, sorry, episode nine. So season three, episode 11 is the is the tag on the video if you look for it, but it's got in brackets number nine of the level one angler series. So hopefully I haven't just confused everyone, but I've gone through all the things that you need to do towards fishing for brim in the winter, fishing soft plastics in the winter. Now, I know this series is about chasing brim as well, but I'm sure everyone here is happy to catch things such as a big tailor, a big big salmon. You know, you've, you get those throughout the winter. Maybe you might even get lucky and get a mulloway, for example, all on the small lures. That can happen. Maybe a lutterick, maybe an estuary perch, maybe even a bass as they push down into the salt water from the fresh because that's what they do during the during the winter months yeah that's because I li- they like to come down that's where they need to come down for um for their breeding anyway now slow down your retrieves first and foremost in summer you're keeping it moving a lot more frequently in the winter make sure you throw in some pauses slow down your technique use scent if you think it helps I believe it helps, so I'm using scent. And use more natural colors. Browns seem to work pretty well for me in the winter for whatever reason. My PB and my second PB, well, not second PB, you know, the one before it, that, that they came off brown lures 
So I like my naturals in the winter. And the slow sinking grub style lures. Again, this feeds into making, you know, you're, you're imparting a slower action. The grub is the, one of the slowest, if not the slowest sinking pattern out there. So I love my grubs. And if you have to, go down to a smaller profile, smaller size than whatever you like to use. It certainly does help. These fish aren't energetic in the winter most of the time. They're not hungry. Put a, put a bite-sized peanut M&M in front of them and they might just strike. But yeah, rounding off this question, it most certainly is worthwhile fishing in the winter. I have a few people that I talk to on a regular basis. Beginners, the right beginner, the one that applies to this podcast. They haven't caught anything up until the start of winter, in fact. And they've just started to figure out some patterns and they're starting to get brim every couple of sessions, if not getting bites and dropping them every session. So let's just uh, say, let's, let's not lose hope. In other words, let's not lose hope and pack away our rods just for the fact that it's winter. Yeah, it's cold. It's uncomfortable. But most certainly, the reward is out there if you try. And every winter, I get massive brim. So that should get you, keep you on your toes and keep you guys getting back out there. And it is a great way to hone your skill. It's a tough time to fish and you can really work on your technique and improve it. All right, so I'm going to wrap this one right here. This podcast, Shroom Live Podcast number 11 is now completed. So thanks for listening. Make sure you check out my videos on YouTube. That's where I post every single week fishing vlogs really for entertainment purposes you'll also find some fun stuff on instagram and tiktok you can find me on facebook let me know if you want me to talk about anything else on the podcast shoot me a message it might just appear in one of these episodes and once again thanks again this is shroom signing out